0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, June 1st, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Three Sitkins were indicted in May for charges ranging from misconduct involving a weapon to sexual assault. KCAW's Catherine Rose brings us an update of recent proceedings from the Sitka courthouse.
1: On the night of November 26th, then-50-year-old Donovan Kintz pulled his fishing boat into a bay at Middle Island. According to a sworn police affidavit, the owner of the cabin saw that Kintz was pulling in and, believing he was planning to tie up for the night, walked down his dock to inform Kintz that it was private property. Kintz allegedly responded by shooting a gun at the man four times. The man ducked behind one of the dock pillars and called for help. Sitka police and Alaska state troopers responded to a 911 call and found Kintz anchored in the bay. Police obtained a search warrant and seized Kintz's rifle and shell casings. According to court records, Kintz admitted to shooting his rifle, quote, because it was new and he wanted to shoot it. A Sitka grand jury on May 25th indicted Kintz on misconduct involving weapons in the fourth degree, a Class A misdemeanor. Two other felony charges against Kintz were dropped. The same jury also indicted 36-year-old Michael Charles Miasato on one count each of assault in the first degree and burglary in the first degree, both Class A felonies. On May 21st, Miasato allegedly forced his way into a neighbor's apartment and physically assaulted him, punching him repeatedly in the head. According to court documents, when police arrived, they found Miasato fleeing the scene on a bicycle. The neighbor was transported to the hospital, where doctors found he had suffered a brain bleed from the assault. During the investigation, Miyasato admitted to drinking half a fifth of vodka before the assault took place. A trial in Miyasato's case has not yet been scheduled. He remains in custody at the Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau, pending $25,000 bail. Earlier in the month, on May 11th, a Sitka grand jury indicted 18 year old Emilio Partido on two felony counts of sexual assault in the first degree. Partido's trial is set to happen in July. He also remains in custody at Lemon Creek, pending $50,000 bail. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: Wrangell, Petersburg, and some areas of Ketchikan are running on generator power for the next week, while the regional hydroelectricity provider does annual maintenance. The Southeast Alaska Power Agency, or SEPA, is expected to resume providing power the morning of June 10th. During this year's diesel generator run, Rango will be charging customers more than in years past, with a 3.4 cent per kilowatt hour surcharge. That's because borough officials say the electrical utility wasn't charging enough to cover fuel costs and was losing tens of thousands of dollars during SEPA maintenance each year. At a late May assembly meeting, Mayor Patty Gilbert encouraged residents to conserve electricity over the next couple of months to avoid higher electric bills.
1: So for community wishing to lower that uh, fuel surcharge, they should try to conserve energy, probably starting now, depending on when their their bill cycle runs. And we'll be charging that uh, 3.4 cents for the entire bill in July, correct? Correct. And um, obviously, the surcharge uh, varies according to the price of fuel and lubricant and things of that uh, manner, so we'll get a good grip on this, the cost, the true cost.
0: Wrangell's assembly approved an additional $40,000 for fuel costs during the time the town is on generators. Wrangel Municipal Light and Power is anticipating spending around $214,000 on fuel. While the transition to generators went smoothly in Wrangel and Ketchikan, there were some issues on Petersburg. KFSK reported that the start of maintenance blew a transformer on Mitkoff Island, plunging the vast majority of Petersburg into a blackout, then into rolling blackouts Wednesday morning. A new name was added to the Fallen Soldiers Monument on the Park Strip in Anchorage on Memorial Day. Recognition for this Alaska Native soldier comes almost 80 years after he died in action in World War II. As KNBA's Rhonda McBride tells us, it's both a history lesson and the story of a forgotten soldier. George
2: Fox grew up in Unga, in what today is a ghost village in the Shumagin Islands in the Aleutian Chain. Fewer than 200 people lived there when Fox signed up for the army in 1941, just after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. The last his family heard from him was in a letter to his father, dated May 17, 1944, sent from the front lines in Italy. The soldier did say he was finally seeing a little action, but downplayed the dangers and told his family not to worry. Instead, he asked about salmon prices and wrote, I sure would like to be fishing again. This makes three seasons that I've missed. Two weeks later, Fox died near Anzio Beach. Michael Livingston says he was part of a bloody campaign in which Allied forces lost 800 soldiers a day. He was literally fighting the Nazis. A bomb exploded near him. Livingston has spent a decade navigating government bureaucracies to have private George Fox recognized for his service. He says Fox is one of the forgotten soldiers of World War II, and the only Unangach or Aleut to die in that war. While working on a genealogical research project, Livingston discovered that Fox was buried in Italy. His remains later sent to Unalaska, where he was buried in an unmarked grave on a rocky hillside next to his mother. Livingston later located this spot, hidden by overgrown bushes, after he learned that a childhood friend of Fox's, Gertrude Svarney, had placed an American flag there every Memorial Day.
3: 80 years is really a long time for unfinished business. Private George Fox should have been recognized in 1944 after he was killed in action.
2: As a fellow Unangan, Livingston says recognition is important in his culture, that traditionally, warriors killed while defending their villages were elevated and honored with songs and dances. Livingston says he doesn't know for sure why the military overlooked Fox's service. There's lots of different theories One is the fog of war, the fog that had
3: existed after war. George Fox was an Alaska Native soldier, and during World War II, uh, it was fairly common for Alaska Native soldiers to be overlooked.
2: Last year in Unalaska, a headstone went up on Fox's grave, followed by a ceremony with full military honors. This year, efforts to acknowledge his service continue. His name has been added to a fallen soldiers memorial in Anchorage.
3: You can see at the very bottom here, PFC George Fox's name has been added. It was just added a few days ago. This is the first time since this wall was erected that a new name has been added.
2: For Fox's family, Livingston took some impressions of the engraving on the monument. He rubbed a black crayon against the paper.
3: It's just neat to see Private George Fox's name come through
2: the rubbing. Livingston calls it a metaphor that Fox's sacrifice, once forgotten, is finally coming into focus. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride.
0: The state of Alaska is proceeding with plans to limit transgender students' ability to participate in sports and activities. As reported by James Brooks in the Alaska Beacon, on June 8th, the State Board of Education will consider a regulation that would bar transgender student-athletes from participating in school sports and activities under their gender identity. It would limit students to either multigender sports teams or, quote, a separate team for each sex with participation based on a student's sex assigned at birth. The meeting was announced in a public notice published Sunday. The board's June 8th decision is unlikely to be final. The board will only be voting on whether or not to advance the proposal to a 30-day public comment period. A yes vote means the board would consider public comment, then approve, reject, or amend the regulation at its next public meeting. A no vote would kill the idea, at least temporarily. The publicly posted agenda says the draft regulation is still subject to review and approval by the Alaska Department of Law. But Commissioner Heidi Teschner said she expects no substantive changes between what's online and what will be considered at the meeting. Twenty-one states bar transgender students from participating in sports or other activities under their preferred gender identities, and various state school sports organizations have issued a variety of rules nationwide. For the last three years, the Alaska legislature has failed to pass a bill that would set statewide policy on the topic. Current rules in place by the Alaska School Activities Association, in charge of regulating school sports here, allow individual districts to set policies. ASAW considered but rejected a statewide policy earlier this month, saying that it would await regulatory action by the state. The department's proposed regulation doesn't say how it would be enforced. Teschner said that would be an issue left to the discretion of ASA or another similar organization regulating the sport or activity. Senator Loki Tobin of Anchorage is an outspoken opponent of the new proposal. She and other lawmakers have questioned the legality of the plan, saying that it could amount to the department adopting regulations without legislative authority. She also said that forcing students to provide medical records or undergo physical exams to fulfill the regulation is a violation of their right to privacy, something enshrined in the Alaska Constitution. Senator Tobin said that the policies encourage the stigmatization and the continued demonization of a group of really vulnerable young kids. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.